Welcome to the Liberators Podcast, a podcast designed to promote physical, psychological, spiritual, and financial freedom. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Liberators Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Ms. Kayla Strong, who is originally from St. Louis, Missouri. She graduated valedictorian from McClure North High School, where she had volunteered in her community at Girls Inc. and remained active on the student council, all while being a two-sport athlete. Upon graduation, she enrolled in the dual-degree chemistry, chemical engineering program. As a dual-degree major, Kayla Strong began the first portion of her academic career studying chemistry at Xavier University of Louisiana. While there, she worked in the NASA lab where her project's goal was to synthesize completely solid lithium batteries. During her summer, she landed various internships. She was a research intern at NASA Goodert Space Flight Center and NASA Greenbelt, a maintenance engineer at Dow and a process engineer at Folgers. She was a student leader at Xavier, volunteering with the Girl Scouts and STEM NOLA, taking multiple positions with the National Society of Black Engineers and more. In 2018, she then transitioned to Tulane University to fulfill the second portion of her program, studying chemical engineering. She graduated with both a bachelor's degree in chemistry and chemical engineering, respectively, while joining Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Upon graduation, she received an offer for a full-time position as a build technician in the lab of Xavier University of Louisiana, where she would continue her research on solid lithium batteries, focusing on the synthesis of solid polymer electrolytes. In November 2020, she received and accepted an offer from Hills Pet Nutrition, a Colgate subsidiary, to come on as an operations engineer at Hills Pet Nutrition where she was responsible for managing capital projects, supporting daily plant operations, and managing the technology transfer process for all of the raw and processing areas. In her spare time, she enjoys exploring new hobbies and spending time with family and friends. Please join me in welcoming our guests for the day. Ms. Kayla, how you doing? Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, <laughs> It is you have quite a quite a record <laughs> I know like you know typing when people ask you about yourself you suddenly forget everything that you've ever done right right so I just started like typing out random things and then mm -hmm. I sent to uh, a couple I was like can y'all help me like get this together yeah but I think it's so important because a lot of times uh we don't take the time to really enjoy or think about that things that we have accomplished and how far we have come so um, yeah and you it. know like being being a black woman it, you you we don't really talk on ourselves like right that. right so it's just stepping out of that comfort zone as well mm -hmm. of having to talk about yourself yeah I, I feel that for sure because um a lot of people like when I do a podcast or something like that they'll tell me oh don't read the whole bio I'm like I'm reading the whole bio you know, because it's, it's something that you work to obtain. So I think it's important that, you know, everybody hears the journey and know that it's possible for them to do it as well. Um, today, we'll be talking about deciphering the journey of a chemical engineer. 
And usually at this point, uh, you know, I'll ask a little bit about a little, you know, for you to elaborate uh, on your journey as well as the road that you had to take in order to become a chemical engineer. Okay, yeah. Um, I would say my journey is pretty non-traditional. Mm -hmm. So I, when I entered school, I wanted to be a dentist. I was dead okay. set on being a dentist. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be a dentist. Let me go to Xavier where they produce number one black doctors right. and be surrounded by fellow people that want to be dentists. Got to school. I was like, I don't want to do bio pre-med. I don't want to do chem pre-med. So my mom was like, oh, try this chemical engineering. So I Xavier had the dual degree program. I was like, oh, that's a win on top of a win. Get two degrees and I'm going to end up in the top doctoral program for dentists. Right. My first semester, <laughs> I took my engineering courses. You know, I was doing the prep, the prep classes that Xavier has for the pre-med students, pre-dental, all that pre-medical doctors. Um, and I just wasn't liking it, what I was finding out. Mm -hmm. And not, I, I still love the idea of missing, like that was the reason why I wanted to be a, doc, a dentist. Everybody was like, oh, why? I'm like, I love the dentist and I love being in people. Like I love seeing straight teeth. I love mm -hmm. messing with people's mouths. Like I, I was the one who pulled my siblings teeth. Right. So I was just like, you know, I like it, but the idea of having to go to this, having to go to school for four, four more years, be broke, <laughs> and then do a residency yeah. and be, or, or like, you know, do, do a specialty mm -hmm. and have more school. And on top of that, be so much like in debt, it just wasn't appealing to me. Mm -hmm. It sounded more like torture than love. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you know, I'm liking these engineering courses. Let me, let me stick to this. I delve, delve, delve deeper into what engineers do and engineers do anything. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I can do this. You know, I'm getting a degree that I don't have to go get an advanced degree afterwards. I can make some good money coming out and I can still be doing what I like. And so I went to school, did my, did my three, two program. I did my internships. I did my uh, research while I was at Xavier and through that, I was like, okay, you know, when upon graduation, I know for sure I don't want to go into the oil field. Nothing was ever appeasing to me, uh, pleasing, uh, appeasing to me <laughs> about oil. Mm -hmm. But I was like, okay, let me see what else is out there. And lo and behold, through many different steps, I ended up as an operations engineer with Hills Pit, the which is a Colgate society. And you know, everybody's like, oh you basically going to end up working with teeth products. Mm -hmm. So that's how I ended up as a chemical engineer. Okay. And so, so what was it about the medical or dental curriculum that kind of like turned you off? It's just that it wasn't. So my biology was one of, like, I know that sounds horrible, but i never really was a fan of biology. Now, mm -hmm. chemistry, on the other hand, I liked chemistry. I liked um, math. I was good with numbers, um, equations. And you find that more in chemistry and math than in biology. The problem solving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was comparing, like, my work with the work of the pre-meds, we were on different levels. 
and we were on different tracks mm-hmm. and you know I kind of found out they kind of treat teach you to kind of solve equations the same way mm-hmm. as a dentist I don't like that because as an engineer I could go to step four and then find the answer in my next step in two steps while as a dentist they would make me have to write out each step right i don't being being confined to a specific problem solving method is not it was never who i was Mm -hmm. so that's also kind of how i knew that 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 line wasn't meant for me Mm -hmm. what do you like the most about being a chemical engineer um, I like the freedom. So as a chemical engineer, I, you know, when you speak to other chemical engineers who've been in the profession longer than you, you kind of hear how you, you get to move around every three years. Mm-hmm. And I've always been one to, ooh, I want to try that. Ooh, I want to try that. Ooh, I want to try this. And as a chemical engineer, I get to try those different facets And if I stay with, or, you know, even some people jump companies, but with a company such as Colgate that are in so many different things, I could possibly learn so many different things. So right now I'm in pet food, but who's to say in three years, I'm in the skincare line or I'm in the soap line Mm -hmm. and just learning about those products that are in people's houses, learning that I'm helping make them or help better them so that that's that's kind of like what attracted me to it okay so in in your daily role what does that consist of so right now I'm an operations engineer but specifically I'm a project engineer and that just means that I'm putting in projects machinery um equipment and all sorts of different type of uh I can't think of the term right now (laughs) I'm putting in just different like I'm finding projects putting them in to make either the plant processes better or improve the plant altogether okay so one of my quality control no So like quality control in my, like in my field is the product, they, they make the product and you just make sure that they're sticking to and making, hitting those marks that the research team develops. I'm, oh, the research team wants to make this, but in order to upscale it, we have to find a machine that does this, this, and this. I'm the person that finds that machine, figure out where to implement it in the, uh, in the project what parameters we need for our project to make it how they made it in the research field and stuff like that okay so like one of my projects was we're trying to get a new lab and so like i'm developing an idea and a price all the equipment and stuff of a lab mm-hmm. and like every every single thing that will go into that lab that would help increase our product uh, increase our productivity um increase some savings like you know stuff like that okay 
for like the students or the listeners that are in high school or even in college and they're not really 100% sure about what they want to do, or maybe they have interest in uh, chemical engineering uh, to make like a career change or something like that. What skills or experiences do you feel that they need to develop in order to be successful in that career? So in high school, I would say, honestly, just a tent, like finding the different organizations. So we have, we have Nobuche mm-hmm. and we have Nesby. Okay. So Nobuche is the National Organization of Black Chemical Engineers. Mm-hmm. And Nesby is the National Society of Black Engineers. And then, you know, there are organizations like SWE, uh, the Society of Women Engineers. So finding those organizations because I know for a fact, Nesby has high school level organization, like okay. high school level for them. And they get to go to these conference, these conferences. They get to talk to recruiters. And I would say that that would be a big thing. Like while you're in high school, make a, make a LinkedIn, reach out to people. And, you know, because you're in high school, you may not be able to travel to a different state and do an internship. But if you're in the city, and you know, oh, we have a this plant here. Oh, let me reach out to somebody and see if there's room for me to be kind of an intern. Or let me reach out to some schools, some colleges, and let me see what their departments know or what their departments produce. Let me see what their departments produce. Um, there's also, you can look and see start looking at what what colleges are known for what and what colleges have what. Um, and then I always say, go on LinkedIn or talk to your actual parents. Oh, do you know somebody who does this? Do you know somebody who does that? Mm-hmm. And just asking questions, especially as a high school student. You can just ask all the questions because you're young. Right. So people will most definitely help you. You're young. People want to help guide you to get to wherever you're trying to be okay as a, a college student i would say joining those organizations are priority okay getting into some sort of research like you know i knew i didn't want to do electrochemistry work forever so mm-hmm. you know although while my battery research was great it taught me a lot about the lab and it helped me get my summer internships while i was in co- uh, college I wouldn't want to go in that field, but I would not have completely known that without doing my, physically doing the research. Okay. And, you know, some people aren't going to just understand like the math. They're not going to understand those courses right off the bat, but it's don't get like, don't, don't get upset. Don't get deterred if you don't understand it while you're in the courses Mm -hmm. reach out to upperclassmen reach out to your professors um especially as a black student so if you go into hbcu it's easier as an engineer at a hbcu to kind of reach out to the professors and get help because those professors 9.9 times out of 10 want to see that person succeed no matter what degree you're in Mm-hmm. But at a PWI, it is so difficult as an engineer, as a black engineer. Okay. At at the PWI I went to, I was literally told by one of my professors 
you changed what we thought about Xavier students. So what before, did they think initially is my question. Well, before <laughs> I even started, another professor, uh, before I started at my PWI, another professor told me I don't predict much success. Talking about me in the program. Okay. And so what was their reason for saying that? Because I was taking courses out of order in order to make sure I graduated on time. Okay. And I was adamant on it because when I was coming in, he was like, oh no, you, you can't do that. I was just like, well, my scholarship is for two years. And I told him, unless you all are paying for any extra years, mm-hmm. I'm going to take these courses out of order and I'm going to graduate on time. Right. And I graduated not only on time, but with a good GPA as well. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. was pretty successful. You say me. <laughs> yeah. But and I think sometimes compare- it's just like that gap of them not understanding completely. You know, if what you see traditionally is a white male student, it can, you know, it's not that. It's just that sometimes they don't, I'm not gonna even say that they don't understand. I'm not even gonna say that, you know, cause I, I, I'm the more that I, that I go through school and things like that, I find that to not really be 100% true. I think it's just sometimes it's a, a judgment, you know, a stereotype that they will place on black students, you know, that are coming into a program. You know, a lot of people think have this mindset that the HBCU is easier, but I can personally attest to the fact that HBCUs are probably twice as hard because they they understand the perception that we'll face once we graduate. You know what I mean? Of, you know, looking at, oh, you had a black education, an HBCU education. So they over-prepare, you know, they put us through more work, you know? So um, I just... I just think that sometimes it's it's that gap of sometimes people don't want to understand what they don't traditionally see. So, you know, that that's definitely and, an interesting point. And you also have like while while we're at the PWIs, you know, sometimes it's it's difficult, more difficult for us to even go talk to a professor and be like, hey, I'm not understanding what you talked about in class today. Right. Because just because it's difficult for you to relate to that person as mm-hmm. a person, and one, if you don't relate to your professor as a person, you you already got that kind of boundary of right and a kind of disconnect. Right. And so I, you know, because I transferred into my PWI junior junior their junior level, it was my fourth year in college. Um, they they already had their, the students, my peers, had their cliques formed. They had their those relationships with those professors already formed. Mm-hmm. And so when I came in, it was, all, I was facing that boundary as well. Right. Y'all already got these cliques. Y'all already got these relationships. And they didn't accept me for real. Because mm-hmm. another Black student, he transferred at the same time as me. They like small things like this. They added him to the group message, and he told he was like, "Oh, do you want to be in the group message?" I'm just like, "There's a group message." What group message? Hmm. 
Yeah. You know, small things like that makes you feel like you're not welcome at that school. Mm-hmm. And just by not feeling welcome, it's really hard to push through. Yeah. And like when I when I went to Tulane, they really thought like the, I don't know if it was just the professors or if it was the students, but they they never said this, but you can tell they felt like Xavier students weren't prepared to be at their school because they they just held their school to such a high standard. Right. And that and, and that that's just, you know, that's just one of those things that unfortunately is like that that's the way that the that the culture of those schools are, you know, designed and, and upheld, unfortunately. And I think it's just always an uncomfortable position of feeling like, is this professor or is this department doing this to me because I'm black? You know what I mean? Would yeah. they treat, do they treat every student like this? You know what I mean? And I think that that can add a, a undue burden on what's already a tough curriculum, you know, so. And, you know, be, me being me, like, one, I'm blind, so I'm sitting in front of the classroom. Right. I see. <laughs> yeah. You let the let one wrong light on, and it's going to glare off my glasses, and I'm not going to be able to see half the board. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a little, uh, that was new to them. They're seeing this, they're seeing this Black student come in on time, if not early sometimes, and sit in front of the classroom. Mm-hmm not caring what's going on behind her. I'm going to get my degree. Y'all paying for it. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I think I think because I came from that HBCU setting mm-hmm. and also because I had built my network with my friends, I had built a good foundation of friends at school who were also engineers. And I built a good foundation of professors at Xavier that I was able to push through and finish at the PWI. Right. And sometimes now, it's just about finishing, you know? We got to finish. You know, you, you got to finish where you start, and it's going to be tough sometimes. Yeah, and I just had to – I also had to remind myself because half the times, if you would put my resume at any point in time I was at that school against any of them other students – any of them my resume nine times out of ten trump theirs with my experience right yeah that that's one thing that i do say about like hbcus is you know i think to steer black students away from hbcus is not a good practice because i find that we get more resources like we get more help you know that's things like mark yo but you right. they never gonna let you sit down yeah, like they're gonna work you <laughs> like even when it comes to outside of academics oh you're not just gonna go out and party on a friday you're gonna wake up on saturday and go volunteer right exactly you know so it, it's a it's a lot you know it's a method to the madness you know and i think that it's hard for some schools to even understand that culture because for me one of the things that i liked about being at the hbcu the most was the fact that I saw other black students just as dedicated as I was to school. You know yeah. what I mean? So that that's an important thing as well. Um, yeah, and, yeah. I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Oh, no. 
I, I, I cut I you just, off. I cut you off. This is your interview. <laughs> I was I was agreeing. Like, yeah, like, you know, everybody say, you know, you, you do maybe big fish in college in high school, but when you get to college, yeah, you in a pond full of big fishes. So yeah, that, that pond shrinks. <laughs> um, what interest do you feel that someone has to have if they want to get into engineering? Like, for example, math, physics, because you know, um, I think I, I was talking to Marlos about this and he was, you know, we were talking about like which career is harder. Is it medicine? Is it engineering? He's like, bro, we take calculus three. Like, I was like, yeah, you do take calculus three, <laughs> you know, and, and in a lot of ways, you know, the the thinking, the thinking that you have to have to be an engineer is completely different than the thinking that you have to have to be a doctor. So um, could you kind of like elaborate on some of the interests that you feel or the ways of thinking even that a student has to have in order to really be successful in it? So with engineering, I would say one of the biggest things is there is no correct way to get to the answer. Mm-hmm. And that's like the biggest thing somebody needs to understand when being an engineer. Um, because just simply because when we when you're given a problem as an engineer in the professional world and they be, they're literally going to be like here solve this we don't care how we don't care how, when just solve it mm-hmm. you're gonna be like okay that, that that's actually kind of what i do now the my projects are just like this is the problem we're having we need you to find a solution mm-hmm. so and you know growing up in high school in in English, this is probably why I did, this is really one of the reasons why I never really went into English is that they always try to push that it's a correct answer. Yeah. Like it's a correct it, way to it, say this, it's a way to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Like especially in like poetry and stuff like that, when you're supposed to get a message, that's not the correct message. Well, how are you telling me that that, that that's right. that's literally the message I got from that? Mm-hmm. So you know, and then and then in math, like you know, when you're in those early stages of math, they teach you how to do what twelve times one, and mm-hmm. you have to do it twelve. You gotta do the one times two, and then the you know do that mm-hmm. type of method. But when you get in college. you can do 12 times one you could do it by doing 12 times two minus whatever Mm -hmm. um and so that's that's like one and then when you compare when an engineer is talking to a pre-med student as far as like terms of school they will always be like no we have to solve it we have to do find this first, then do this, then find that. Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, oh, well, I found that first. Then I went and did this, and then I found the answer. Or you could talk to a completely, the same person, another person who's sitting right next to that person who just told you, and they'll tell you a completely different method they got the answer mm-hmm. and how they found those other three parameters. Right. So it's, it's just a real big independence and confidence in yourself as an engineer in your problem solving methods. Okay. So kind of, so would you say having an open mind 
It sounds oh, most definitely. Okay. You can't, you cannot like stay in the box. Mm-hmm. The box is there. Sometimes you may have to remember how to get back inside that box because sometimes the box has a simple solution. Right. But the simple solutions in the real world is rarely the answer. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you see your current position as something of a long-term career path or more so a developmental uh, position for future goals? Like, for example, opening up a firm, things like that. So my my job is actually unique because it is set up for me to be a developmental program, like in developmental in my career. Okay. So uh, my overall title is an operations engineer where I spend about a year as a project engineer, and then I'm going to be shifting into a team leader role where I'm basically running my shift for the plant, making sure we're making what we need to make, managing all these people. Okay. And so that's supposed to, you know, that's supposed to help me learn the various facets of the company and of operations and engineering so that I can be able to take those skills and apply it to a higher level in three years. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why my, I really liked the job when I applied for it. Like I like the, what it was doing when I was in the interview stages and they were explaining it to it. I really liked that about it. Okay. Uh, tell us about some of the benefits of being a chemical engineer, like, I guess, pay, work-life balance, um, health insurance, all of these are things to think about, you know, when you're thinking about a career, uh, job security, even, um, just some of those things. So when you are in college, they don't tell you, like, once you graduate, adulting is hard very difficult if you not if you don't go to a uh, grad school even if you go to grad school adulting hits hard mm-hmm. <laughs> and so as a chemical engineer one of the benefits that i just always knew was after this bachelor's depending on what i did and where i went i could probably be making it six figures mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't tell me that's not a good <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know when I hear other fields starting pay I'm just like oh okay I I mean I guess you know? <laughs> like and when I hear when I was when I was in college I was shocked you know people was like oh I got this internship I'm like oh cool how much you pay they'll look at me like it, it don't pay i'm like what you, you mean doing an internship that don't pay oh okay <laughs> <laughs> like what one of my internships paid me 30 an hour and i was able to get overtime right <laughs> so like you see where i was i was like oh i i went down the right path right but then also depending on what area you're going in now the time off may not always be the greatest mm-hmm. so where i'm at i get i got 15 days of vacation time this year plus a 
uh, a floating holiday is what they call it. Okay. They usually, usually people take it on their birthday, but some people will save it to take it later or earlier. Um, so things like that, like I, <laughs> you know, you gotta have a good work-life balance. Right. <laughs> so you have to. The, the vacation time was something I needed to look at because I'm not about to own. I'm not about to work 360 days a year to only have two days off. Mm-hmm. Right. So and you know people can say, oh, they can pay me out of money, and I don't need time off. You need time off. Burnout will happen. It's yeah. real. And anything. Yeah, it's real. Um, so that was another benefit. And then as far as like vision, it, like all the insurances and stuff, I'm still learning that. <laughs> I know I got a pretty good deal, but you know, being that I'm still under 26, my parents <laughs> are still. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got bumped off this year. And, and let me tell you, enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean but if, if you if you have a the certain position that you have sometimes you know the job is going to cover that you know mm-hmm. so that's that's the thing about getting into a career where they really value your presence you know what i mean they're going to make sure that okay she has the pay she needs to you know not only live but invest have fun you know Mm-hmm. gonna make sure you know that she's taken care of so that she can do a job properly and I think that that's something that um unfortunately a lot of college careers don't prepare students beyond college you get yeah. what I mean a lot of these majors once they get out of college they're forced into something that they never anticipated doing you know um but yeah, I think them, that's, them contracts are real too like yeah. you really gotta read them Mm-hmm. But I know as an engineer as well, though, you know, we typically get bonuses or get, um, what do they call them? Ad- not advances. What's that called? When every year they, they give you a raise. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they give you raise. We get raises, what, like every two, three years. And that's, that's pushing it. Like, three is pushing me because if you don't mm-hmm. give an engineer a raise in three years they're most definitely going to be leaving right so yeah. so you feel that the job security is good as well oh it's i can find a job anywhere right. <laughs> anywhere if if i right now you know i said i'm living in kentucky like i'm in kentucky i got a job <laughs> i could <laughs> yeah. go uh and, you know even as an engineer actually i have opportunities to travel overseas and work overseas for mm-hmm. periods of time and that's great because the company pays for it and i still get paid mm-hmm. so you can't beat that right i agree um do you feel an obligation to assist in like mentoring the next generation of students in stem yes so one of like i i just can't i can't not reach back mm-hmm. like i i just don't see how like you know you get these big famous people and they'll completely disown dishonor every single thing that they've ever been through crazy right to get there you can't you can't just leave them to keep struggling you made it out mm-hmm. figure out what steps you did that you can make permanent 
to help other people behind you so they don't have to get the overdose steps. They, the step is built. They don't have to rebuild that step. So I'm always looking for ways to help and mentor people. Um, I know I... It's, it's, it's on various different things. So when I was in, when I was at Xavier, I was participating with Girl Scouts in STEM NOLA. Mm-hmm. So I was helping with STEM NOLAs, particularly giving STEM education, fun education to the Black community. Shout out Dr. Mackey. Yes, Dr. Mackey is a real one. And the mm-hmm. fact that he's continuously growing that program Mm-hmm. I hope to see it worldwide one day because it's such a good program. And, you know, I believe in things like that. So I also make sure when I go home, if I like, I haven't been able to because of COVID, but when I go home, I try to go back to my high school and talk to them. Mm-hmm. I go see my favorite teacher, one of my favorite teachers who whenever we are all in town, anybody from our classes He'll be like, hey, can y'all come talk to my juniors? Mm -hmm. And we'll be like, yeah, why not? Of course. And it helps. Just simply for letting them have that one-on-one real talk with people. Like that's really what we need to start doing is having real talks with high schoolers, real talks with people younger than high schoolers Mm -hmm. and telling them, you know, like it is hard. It's not going to be lollipop, gumdrops, easy gold brick road. Mm -hmm. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be worth it because you're not going to be alone. Um, And ultimately, you know, I have plans of I want to start scholarships when I'm more financially. Right, right, right. (laughs) Because I'm still learning how to adult properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, I want to do those scholarships. I want to be more involved with a summer camp that used to help me mm-hmm. get away and do something over the days. So, the, like, Girls in St. Louis, I volunteered there as a high school student. And they have girls from two-year-olds to 12, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And they teach them all sorts of skills. And so I'm really like an advocate of wherever I step foot in that helped me, push me forward, made sure I wasn't out in these streets fighting, made sure I kept my head all right. I'm going to go back, see who needs help. Mm-hmm. And right now, one of my big things is because I'm still so close to college, like, well, college age, and I have those accesses, I'm still helping those people. I know when I got this job, whenever, and whenever, when I was looking for jobs, if I would hear about an internship opportunity, I was sending it to those people who were a year, two years, three years, like people who were still in college that I knew would be looking for internships. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, I just got this opportunity. I had somebody to send me this here here's for you and share it with whoever you need to mm-hmm. and you know I always make it known to like as I get more friends in the professional field oh you know like 
let's talk let's make sure we're communicating let's make sure we're like letting those people know when internships pop up let's let's make sure they know like when the next step or how to help them get to the next step pops up Mm -hmm. so i there's no other way but to give back i agree with that because i did a program similar to that it was like math and science outward bound mm-hmm. and uh, high school. And it really changed. I think I don't think that I would have been as successful as I was in college without that program. Cause I just would have had no clue as to what college could really be or, you know? Um, so I think it's, it's very important. And I actually, I'm, I'm thankful that you do have the mindset to give back. Cause a lot of people are, have that mindset, you know, I got mine, get yours. Like you got, like I got mine in. I just don't understand that mentality because it's like it continues to it it continues to push the cycle. You know what I mean? Of yeah. one person having to reinvent the wheel over and over again. And then you had this one little shimmer of hope. You know what I mean? It's 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 time out for that, really. You know, um, yes. you know, it's 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 more important for us to actually make it easier for the next generation you know what I mean I have this mindset that I don't want my kids to I'm okay with them working as hard as I work but not struggling as much as I struggle you know what I mean that's and that's the difference that people don't know Mm -hmm. people's like well I worked hard for it when in reality like they should work hard when in reality they're saying oh I struggle that everybody else needs to struggle because I should. Yeah, that makes no sense. And that's just like, you need to go talk to a therapist about that. <laughs> yeah. Because it hurts you. Right, and right. I can understand why that hurts you, but you don't need to inflict that hurt onto others. Right, I agree. Because others may not be able to handle that hurt how you did. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so what does the next five to 10 years look like for you? working man i i'm in uh i'm in a graduate certificate program right now for cosmetic mm-hmm. science which okay. i hope to continue to get my master's in um which then you know once i get that i want to be making these personal care products i want to be making them products that's in your we, like in your we bathroom need it. In your we kitchen. need it <laughs> I'm trying to better those like we got people using them in long term like the the old old school products so we starting to like hey if you ever use this like just let you know right now you may be experiencing some pain that talcum powder you know <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to better that type of stuff like yeah. I want to I want to make that type of stuff that everybody has everybody's using mm-hmm. um just to better those like it's no way we should be having this many hey if you use this hey if you smell a lot of that going on (laughs) it's a lot of that yeah so I'm, i'm trying to do that and just you know making sure i stay in touch with my roots right so making sure i'm giving back Mm -hmm. making sure i'm doing things that also make me happy that's not just work because my life isn't just the job it's not just the company 
I want to like. So I, what I, goals I, do you have outside of work? Let me ask that question. Um, I want to own a house. I do know that. Okay. <laughs> but we got to figure out where I want to settle down first to mm-hmm. own a house. Um, I want to own a business too. What type of business? Don't know. I got a dream list. Anytime I have a dream or I think more once, like more than once about something, I write it down. It could be a crazy idea, but I'm going to write it down because it could go somewhere someday. So just, just exploring my hobbies more, um, getting more into getting back into art. So, you know, I, when I was in high school, I used to do art all the time. I was actually in AP art in my senior year. Mm -hmm um but not like you know i was in college i don't got the money for art supplies yeah art supplies not cheap yeah but now i'm out of college i can do stuff like make a painting make a mural Mm -hmm. um and so things like that but yeah own a house own a business make some art okay (laughs) all right that sounds great um what's what's a motto that you live by What's the motto that you live by? I guess I like always tell myself to just keep going because like I just know that it's a reason I'm doing the thing that I'm doing right now. It's a mm-hmm. reason I'm in what I'm in right now. You know, this may not be my plan, but it's God's plan. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's the right plan. So I just got to keep, I keep reminding myself that, you know, by doing that and having people that helped me remember that when I don't remember that is help it helps me keep pushing forward Mm -hmm. and for those that feel like giving up what would you tell them like honestly take take a break Mm -hmm. don't give up take a break make cry your eyes out (laughs) like (laughs) cry (laughs) Cry your eyes till they are puffy and you can't see. Mm-hmm. Take your little day, drink some water, take a shot of tequila, some talk to somebody, and then get back to it. Yeah. And you don't need to start all over again, but you pick up where you done left off and keep moving. Cause it's not, it's not always gonna be hard. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, you know, some people be feeling like they're always about to give up yeah at that point i kind of feel like you know make sure you're surrounding yourself by some good people Mm -hmm. because if you constantly are about to give up you're not in the correct place where you need to be that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's time to change so it change isn't bad but you also got to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that's going to help you give you outer views Mm -hmm. than just your view Cause you always going to be tougher on yourself than anybody else. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we certainly appreciate you um, coming by to the liberators podcast and, and giving out some gems for, you know, those who are interested in uh, chemical engineering and something that we always do here. Um, if you have a website or LinkedIn or anything like that, that you want the listeners to support you on, or as well as just being or having a gateway for people to connect with you. Um, we definitely want to get that contact information so that, you know, they'll be able to access you or you'll be able to access them. 
Uh, I, I would say, you know, you can ask me. Click with me on LinkedIn, um, Kayla Strong, and I'm pretty sure it's like a million Kayla Strongs, but yeah, that's a pretty look, popular name. <laughs> look for one that says like engineer, like put Kayla Strong plus engineer or Kayla Strong plus Xavier in there. You should find me. Okay. Um, and then I'm also, you know, Instagram is a good source for people to like reach out to me on. Okay. Um, what is my name? It's underscore O O H underscore K K Y. Um, so that's that like that's a good source to reach out on me on. Like I'm always open to talk to people if they need advice, if they need help. Um yeah. Okay. All right. Any any final thoughts or anything like that? Um, just thank you for having me. This of course. Fun. Of course. Yeah. We're gonna have to do it again. Love supporting the my black people and my fellow Xavier rights and my fellow <laughs> black businesses. So yeah. Most definitely. You know, well, buy buy a liberators podcast t-shirts. The yeah, you know, you know. You got got to get it when you can. We got more merch coming, but um, I certainly thank you for uh, you know, stopping by, and we thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of the Liberators Podcast. If you're still here, you're enjoying the Liberators Podcast. We ask that you would share and rate us on your favorite listening platform. Also, follow us on Instagram at The Liberators Podcast. If you would like to support the development of this podcast financially, please follow the support link from Anchor in the show notes. Thank you for your time. Stay liberated from yours truly, your host, Jeremy Shropshire.